Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Stephen Jarvis podcast, or the Jarvis podcast, as I like to call it. Um, today, I'm talking about legend. Well, I guess I can't really call it a legendary movie, um, but it's called The Zodiac Killer, and it was made in or it was released in 1971. This movie legitimately screams low budget exploitation film. Um, it is a, a slasher film directed by Tom Hansen and starring Hal Reed, Bob Jones, Ray Lynch, and Tom Pittman. The plot is based on the murders committed by the Zodiac Killer in the San Francisco area, though it takes many liberties with the actual investigation with the film, providing a name and backstory for the killer. And this movie was legitimately made to try and capture the real Zodiac Killer. Because back in the day, the Zodiac Killer had said, hey, you know, I'm not seeing um, night, some nice Zodiac buttons or some Zodiac movies. Granted, also in 1971, we got the Dirty Harry film where Scorpio, the character of Scorpio, the killer in that film, is based off of the Zodiac and all that. Um, and with this Zodiac Killer movie... It borders on hilarity sometimes, even though what had happened in re the real life murders is kind of present in the film. They take so many liberties, like some of the kills in this film are so outlandish and you find out who the Zodiac killer is in this film relatively very easily. And very quickly, like there's no build up really. Um, it's kind of like a three part act for a film. Um, the first act is, well, he's terrorizing San Francisco. In the very beginning of the movie, you see him kill a woman just by walking down the street. He kills her and then the blood makes an outline of like his symbol, you know, and then you get the thing and. We're introduced to Hal, who is a post office worker or a delivery. He, he delivers the mail, pretty much, mail deliveryman. And he hates his job. He hates some of the people he has to deal with. Um, we're introduced to Bob, who or Grover, who is, um, who is a drunk. He wears a toupee, but he, he's a truck driver. Um, who is divorced from his wife and his wife doesn't want him to see his own child. Um, he's in financial ruin due to the divorce from his wife. And they then show Grover um, having a nervous breakdown due to the divorce and not being able to see his wife. So eventually he takes his daughter hostage when he makes a surprise visit to his ex-wife's house, takes her hostage, um, later looks down and sees a, a newspaper talking about the latest Zodiac murder. And he lets her go and says, I'm the Zodiac while shooting at the police and running away before he's finally Grover's finally killed in the backyard pool. And so 
the real Zodiac, who we find out has been Hal, or not Hal, um, who is, uh, what is his name in this film? Um, Jerry, Jerry, sorry. Um, we find out Jerry, who is played by Hal Reed, um, that he is the Zodiac Killer. And he is not happy that his friend Grover tried to take um, pretty much, God, uh, the word for it. He pretty much takes credit for what Jerry has been doing. And so when he calls up the police, Jerry tells them, you know, hey, you know, you had the wrong guy. It's not him. You know, here's what really happened at the murders. You know, writes the letters, all that stuff that the real Zodiac Killer in real life did. Well, Jerry, who we now know is the Zodiac Killer, um, is. And, and they do this um, loosely with the film. They make him a Satanist. So whenever he kills a victim who has been mean to him or is just mocks what he does, then they become his, as the Zodiac Killer said in one of his letters in real life, slaves for, the, for him in paradise. And so you get him doing his Satanist stuff, and then you hear voiceovers from his victims and all that stuff. And it's uh um it, it, he later in the final act of the film goes on a murder rampage where he kills a woman with when she has a flat tire he kills her with a tire Another woman he kills by, he's trying to help her fix her car. He throws kind of her in there and then slams a hood on her on her while he gets up on the hood and jumps up and down on the hood. And I mean, it, it it's, it, yeah, it, some of the killings that are in this film really happen and other ones are probably just filler for the movie. Um, he... The motive they give him is that he had a troubled childhood, that his father, who is mentally unstable, has to be caged and restrained 24-7 and will not talk to his own son. And like I said, you know, it's it, it just... If you're going to make a film, granted back then... They did say it was to try and catch the Zodiac, but in all reality, like, you can't make this up. Whoever in their right mind thought, oh, hey, you know, I'm going to make a movie on the Zodiac and I'm not going to anything really remotely possible with it, but yet we'll make this movie and the Zodiac is, you know, so egotistical, he'll come and watch it. 
And so the director of the film literally had patrons who came in to see the film write down who they believed the Zodiac Killer was and why he killed in the hopes of the Zodiac Killer would actually show up and they could apprehend him. That That is how this has come about. And so, and I'm not, I'm laughing because it's so ridiculous that they would really think that would happen. And supposedly, now I, I, I say this loosely, supposedly they really do believe the Zodiac Killer did come and watch this movie. Um, they had someone that was in a box who was pretty much trying to identify the handwriting to see who would raise any red flags and then they could capture the person and interrogate them. Well, it's so ludicrous. Supposedly, they had one person have two um, note cards and they wrote down, you know, whatever gave red flags off. And they couldn't catch the person because the person snuck out, evidently. And so they they had said they possibly had the Zodiac Killer in watching the film, and they couldn't get it. And, and, and that's how ridiculous I think the director of this film was, is that he literally thought he had the Zodiac Killer watching his film. And, you know, hey, it's pretty ballsy that they did make a movie to try and catch a serial killer. I mean, what would have been the odds to do, to have the killer that this movie is based off actually show up and they catch him? I mean, seriously. But I mean, that's how it is. Um, And and there is a trailer for it to show you kind of how weird this movie is. And I'm gonna set that up right now to share. Because, I mean, it, it literally is some of the funniest garbage that was ever in the cinema movie. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Bob Keel here. Tonight, we have more news on the Zodiac Killer. Hey, fellas, hold it down. I want to hear this. He writes another letter to the papers. And I quote, this is the Zodiac speaking. I am the murderer of the taxi driver over on Washington and Maple Street. They could have caught me last night if they had searched the park properly instead of holding road races with their squad cars. I'm the Zodiac! I'm sick, you say. I should be put away, but I'm still loose, aren't I? And that is the bizarre trailer of the Zodiac Killer movie. Um, the ending is even more bizarre because they, now that you know who, or they've shown you pretty much who the Zodiac Killer is in the movie, um, he walks down the street at the end, kind of taunting the audience, saying, you know, there's many more of me. 
out there, yada, 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 and the movie ends. So hopefully give this movie a try. I mean, it literally is kind of, it's a movie of its time. And I think that with a lot of movies like that, you got to give them an opportunity, at least. Um, This movie is definitely one of those ones that makes you scratch your head like, really, they literally thought the Zodiac Killer would actually show up and see this shit. Like, they had a better chance of the one in 2007, him going and seeing that one. So, as we say, that is the episode for today. I'm Stephen Jarvis. Just want to thank you all for over 9,000 listens of the podcast. Um, You can hear me on Zencaster, YouTube, which is youtube.com slash at the Jarvis podcast, or anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Also, go check me out as I am a regular uh, guest commentator, I guess you'd call it, on Monday night, on Monday night, uh, Men Caring for Men, which is hosted by the Nonsensical Nonsense's very own Glick. Um, It's a four-person panel talking about men and how they deal with mental health issues. We're trying to break the stigma and get more people out there talking. Great group of people behind the scenes and the ones in front of the camera. And also, Wednesdays, go watch Nonsensical Nonsense, which I'm a part of. Well, I do show up every once in a while. I shouldn't say I'm a part of the Nonsensical Nonsense. Um, And also go check out Talking Shit with Mark and Brian, another great podcast. Um, And there's so many more out there that are just begging for people to watch them uh, and see how creative these podcasters can be. They're very creative. I love being able to share airspace with them. And who knows, maybe one day I'll have another guest on. So thank you so very much. I'm Stephen Jarvis, and I will see you next time.